Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Hope. Welcome to, uh, Ed, can they see me yet? Did you push that little one button on there yet? Is that, oh no, did we lose everybody that's online? What's, what's going on? Why is that not, uh, hmm, let's see. I wonder if they can hear me. Can you hear me out there in, uh, in wherever world? Oh, hey, there's the band. Where did I go? Hi, hi. So, sorry about that. Technical difficulties all around. I was just telling somebody that uh, as glad as I am to be able to do all this, to live stream things and to get it out there, that, uh, man, I don't like messing with it. Um, it's, uh, it's not the most fun thing. Some of you guys might love being, like some of you may be sitting in front of your computer and you do the vlogging thing all the time and you just love being online. That's uh, not exactly my favorite part of this whole gig. But I love the fact that we're able to connect with those of you who aren't able to be here with us in the room. So thank you for joining us. And thank you to those of you who are here. Uh, we like to begin our services with this greeting Christians have been using for a long, long time. The Lord be with you. Thank you. We do believe that God meets us here in the room and wherever we are, that God connects with us as we focus our hearts and our attention on him. Would you bow your heads with me? Let's pray. God, thank you. Uh, thank you for, uh, well, for the Psalms right there in scripture where uh, art, words, poetry put together to, to give us uh, words to say and give voice to our hearts. And thank you, God, for artists down through the centuries uh, who have then updated those or, or been inspired by those psalms and, and given voice to the cries of our hearts today. Thank you, God, for musicians who lead us and the opportunity to sing to you. God, thank you. Thank you that you meet us, as we prayed earlier, right where we are. And we can connect with you, God. We can connect. Our hearts can be connected to the heart of the God who made us, who loves us. And so today, God, we do invite you to, to search us, to know us, and to help us to know ourselves. God, we are so, uh, we're so easily fooled, and sometimes we, we participate in that. We fool ourselves, God. We want to think better of ourselves than we really are. And God, we need your help to see those areas in our lives that, that need to be straightened out, that need to be fixed, that need to be given over to you so that you can help us to to grow, to be healed. God, we don't want to just limp through life with continued brokenness or, or uh, kind of spiritual illness eating away at us from the inside. God, please, would you help us to open our hearts, our minds, our lives to you so that you can change what needs to be changed in us. So you can make us the kind of people that truly reflect your grace and your love to the people around us. So we can be whole, as we just say. We want to be whole human beings created in your image, sent out into the world to reflect your grace, your love, your joy, your peace, to bring people hope. And God, you know that right now is a time when we desperately need hope from you, and, we, and the world desperately needs people who will go and who will spread hope, uh, people who will go and, and be peacemakers, people who will go and be gracious and kind and respectful in the midst of conversations that are anything but. God, people who can go to folks who are feeling isolated and alone and hopeless. And God, you can send us to these people and help them to find hope, to let them know they're not alone. I mean, maybe we're not going and, and sitting on their couch and talking to them. Maybe we're calling them on the phone or we're doing a video chat or we're doing something. We're sending them a card. We're, we're connecting, God, so that people can, can know that you still care and that you are still here. Thank you, God. 
Thank you for this morning when we get to gather together to worship you, to celebrate you and the good work you are doing in our hearts, the good work you're doing in our lives, the good work you're doing in our world that we get to be a part of as we trust in you. Thank you, God. Continue, God, to connect us with you. Help us to hear your voice speaking. Help us to experience your grace and your love. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, go ahead, take a look around the room real quick. Just give somebody a wave or flash them a peace sign or give them a little, uh, you know, a little bow or something. I don't, we, can't, we can't go and shake everybody's hands. Usually right now we'd be like hugging and all the rest. Once you feel like you've uh, waved as much as you can, you can have, have a seat. And, and uh, thank you, those of you who are joining us online. Uh, we're glad that you're with us. Whether you're watching us live here now on Sunday morning or watching us later, uh, we're glad that you're able to connect with us uh, Thankful for this technology, even though it can be frustrating at times, and even though I get it wrong sometimes, uh, we're still glad that we've got it. So, thankfully, we don't uh, feel like we need to take ourselves too, too seriously, and we can, uh, can kind of laugh at ourselves when we, when we goof things up. But, all right, uh, just a couple of announcements real quick. If you're with us in the room, you can grab a little card off the back table there. It says, I think it's a green card. Uh, if you're online or if you just want to grab your phone, you can go to livinghope.info slash connect and let us know you're with us. Let us know how we can be praying for you or feedback you've got for us or anything at all you'd want to communicate to us. We'd love to connect with you. And that's the way you can do that. If you want to give uh, here in the room, you can drop those cards in that little offering box. Or if you're giving an offering, you can do that. Or online, you can just go to that little give link. And, uh, and we do have some special projects you can give to right now. Um, we're still giving to the Habitat for Humanity. I forgot to make the little thermometer thing. Sorry, Rich. Uh, I was going to make a little thermometer thing to say we're, we're just past the halfway mark to our $6,000 goal. By the end of the year, we want to raise $6,000. We're going to give to Habitat for Humanity of Porter County to help build a home that we are going to get a chance to help build uh, this next year. Um, also, uh, uh, the Mission Church uh, in Hammond, uh, Pastor Robbie Kanzler, we're partnering with them to help them take care of some serious facility needs. And some of you have found that little drop down when you go to the Give link and said, "Ooh, I want to help uh, the Mission Church. We've heard Robbie when she's come and preached here a couple times, and, and we want to support them and help this new church get off the ground there. Uh, so you can give to that or the Pastor Appreciation uh, Offering. Thanks uh, to those of you who have let us know that you appreciate us. And, um, and I appreciate you too. I like being your pastor. It's a good thing. So, uh, oh, I do need to let you know there's a new women's Bible study that's starting up uh, real soon now, November 11th, I think, right? Is that starting on, is that Veterans Day, right, I think? Um, we're, they're starting a new um, women's Bible study, and they're going to offer two different times uh, at 9 a.m. or at 1 p.m. Uh, Julie Ahern is the, the person leading that. She's with us here in the room. And um, so it's like $15 for the workbook, uh, or if you can't afford $15 but you want to participate, there are scholarships available. And um, I think you said it's like a, it's like a video is like an hour, and then like the conversation would be like a half an hour to an hour or something, depending on how the conversation goes. Uh, so studying Gideon, an amazing guy, and uh, I can't remember the name of the woman who leads the... Priscilla Shirer. Okay. All right. I watched a little video and I'm going to be linking the little video on the church Facebook page and stuff uh, later this week uh, if you want to get a little sense of who she is and uh, how, she, how she teaches. But, uh, but that's, that's coming up and Julie just needs to know that you're coming if you plan to come. So let her, let her know. Use it right on that little connect card. Say, hey, I want to come to that women's Bible study and, uh, and you can participate. And uh, this next Sunday, we're starting a new series um, about gratitude, being grateful, take us through Thanksgiving, and, uh, and first off, being grateful for those people who have loved us and had an impact on our lives. This next Sunday is All Saints Day, and so if you have someone in your life that you have lost, 
uh, someone who now is perhaps present with Jesus uh, and celebrating with him, and um, maybe this past year or maybe just in recent memory, uh, and you still feel that and you would like for us to remember them as part of next week's service, well, let us know. Uh, jot on that little uh, connect card, say like, yeah, I'd like you to remember this person and tell us how they're related to you, and if you want to tell us more, you can. Um, but that'll be next Sunday, uh, All Saints Day. It's not very often that that falls right on a Sunday. Um, you know, that's why we have Halloween, right? It's like, all Hallows Eve or something is this idea because the church was celebrating like oh the, those who have gone before and those who have you know the dearly departed who now are alive with Christ and and uh, that all got kind of mashed together with other celebrations of those who have died and turned into a fun night of you know candy and costumes and things so <laughs> somehow um, so anyway so that's that's next Sunday we'll we'll start today we're wrapping up this series of messages on these personality quirks that make Living Hope a little bit different than the church down the street, a church that you maybe have been a part of in the past, a church that you've encountered. You know, every church is different. Even though we all share a similar mission, uh, we, the way we word it here is that we're trying to connect people with God, with each other, and with a world in need of God's love. But pretty much every church is trying to do that, right? Help people get connected to the God who made us, who loves us, uh, who has sent his son Jesus Christ to set us free from sin and give us new life, uh, to get us connected with each other, with a supportive church community, people who can encourage us and walk with us and, uh, and to help us participate in the work of God here in the world. Uh, pretty much every church is trying to do that, but every church has a little different vibe, a little different personality. And so the way we talk about that in our little Living Hope 101 class that we haven't been able to offer in so long, uh, but I'm looking forward to doing it again once we can sit in a room together. Um, we talk about things that we value, things that are important to us. And, and so we've already in the past weeks talked about how uh, we value open acceptance and life change and authenticity, spiritual faithfulness, humility or teachability, personal responsibility. Last week we talked about servanthood and creativity. Today we're finally finishing off with uh, excellence and flexibility. So in that, in that class we talk about excellence. We say that uh, we offer God our best in everything we do because it honors God and inspires people. And so that's something that's important to us. We want to offer God our best. Um, it makes a difference. That's important. And then flexibility, there's nothing written in that class about that because that word doesn't even appear in our Living Hope 101 class. It was, uh, we started the church, it wasn't in there. We had nine of these little things. And then a few years in, uh, as I was sitting with people, I realized, you know what? It really is important to us that we stay flexible and that we, uh, that we are open to God changing things on us. And as a new church, you know, meeting in rented facilities, there was always a chance that we'd show up on a Sunday morning, like the doors would be locked, you know, and I had other friends who were starting churches talk about, you know, the, the day they showed up at the school to set up and the custodian was sick or wasn't there and they just, you know, had to worship in the parking lot. Okay, great. All right, we'll do that, you know, and, uh, you know, just trying to stay flexible, having to uh, adapt to whatever opportunities God presents us with. And so then I decided we'll just illustrate that in the class. I would just have them write flexibility in the margin every time that we meet for that class. And uh, so that's, I'm still doing that today. Uh, you can scribble whatever you want to there in the margins uh, for flexibility. Um, but these are the things that are important to us as a church. And they, they've shaped who we are, and who we've been over these last 20 years and who we will be going forward. Um, it was just last week, I think, we were looking at Romans chapter 12, which says that we're all like a body with many members and... and uh, in his grace, God's given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it's giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. If you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Saying, so like, look, we don't just uh, do it halfway. We, we give God our all and we serve each other. Uh, with whatever gifts God has given us. Um, what was it that Jesus said? This isn't in your notes or anything, but uh, Jesus said um, the most important command, love the Lord your God with 
you know, half your heart, you know, or something like that, I think, something like that, right? No, 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 he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength, that we give God our all, that we give God all of who we are, we give God our best. When we're serving God, we, we don't hold anything back. And, of course, love your neighbor as yourself. So if God is wanting to give his grace to others through you by giving you some gift, some ability, then you want to do that well. You don't want to hold that back and say, like, nah, nah, I don't think my gift is really that important. You know, it's like, no, 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 we talked about that servanthood. We, we're all servants here. We're all ministers uh, in the church of God. Um, and so if God has given you a certain ability to do something, you want to do it well, and you want to let God's grace flow through you into the lives of others, whatever that might be. We've all experienced some time in our lives where part of our body decided, yeah, that's no, just not going to work today, right? Some joint that decided, I'm just not going to move anymore, you know, or uh, some other part of your body that decided it wasn't going to do its part, and, like, that really sets us back until we can figure out how to get that part working again, you know? And uh, that's the same thing that happens to us when we decide, any one of us decide, oh, you know what, I can't get up there and, and play this amazing music like Scott and his family did, you know? I, I can't get up there and talk like Rich did. I, I don't know, I, I guess I just don't have a role to play. Oh, really? You know, no, that's not how it works at all. You know, God has given all of us gifts to use and, and we want to use those to the best of our ability and, and we want to get better at those things. You know, like Scott and his family didn't just get up this morning and think, yeah, I think I'll play guitar today. You know, I don't think I'll play drums, you know. Miles, how old are you? I can't remember. 15. So like, and you've been playing drums since you were how old? Five? Yeah. I was like, I can't remember if it was four or five. I was going to one or the other. But uh, yeah, I mean, so he's had a little practice, you know. And uh, we all know, I, I actually did put this in your notes, that there are at least two contributors to excellent performance. There's that natural giftedness or supernatural giftedness, this, this ability that you have to do whatever that thing might be. You know, some of us are, you know, like, I'm never going to be a star basketball player. You know, I just don't have the genes for it. I don't have the height for it. I don't have all the, you know, I'm not built for it, that kind of thing. Um, so there's kind of like a natural cap on my ability there. No matter how hard I practice, no matter how, what all I do. You know, so there's a part of it that's just that natural, what you're given, what God has given you. But then the other part of it is, is deliberate practice. Now, look up that phrase later. Google that phrase, deliberate practice. Because there's a whole interesting field of study around this. That it's not just about, like getting up and doing whatever you do. Like, if I just sat there with a guitar and decided I want to play guitar, and so every day I spent an hour just, like, strumming away on a guitar and just, just doing that, I, honestly, I probably wouldn't get any better unless I have someone who's saying, oh, no, 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 you need to hold it like this. Oh, you need to do this with your hand. Oh, yeah, you know what? If you, if you, put your, if you move your hand just a little bit that way, it'll be, oh, see, that's a lot easier, right? You can, you can get that better. I need somebody who's going to help me be deliberate about that practice Otherwise, I'm just, you know, making permanent my mistakes, you know, my wrong way of doing it. Uh, you need somebody who gives you feedback who says, oh, man, that was really great. When you shared that, when you did that, when you used that gift God's given you in that way, that was a really good thing. Or you're open to somebody saying, you know, you could have done that a little better. You know, let me, let me give you a little pointer here. You know, here's how that came across or here's how that impacted me. And it wasn't entirely positive. And you know, that's where we talked in past weeks about being humble <laughs> and teachable and uh, being authentic and being willing to, to accept those kind, that kind of feedback. Um, which again, let me tell you, use those little green cards or that connect card, you know, that digital connect card. Give us feedback on the things that, uh, things that we're doing, including my message. Feel free. I'm always open to it. Um, so there are things we can do if we want to offer God and offer others our best. You know, we find out, okay, God, what is it that you've given me to do? You know, what is it that I tend to be good at? What have my friends been telling me? Like, you know, when you get that feedback from folks and, and people appreciate something that you do, 
Like, oh, maybe that's something I do well. Maybe that's something that God has given me that I can excel at. Maybe, maybe God's grace wants to flow through me in that particular way. And then try it. And then try to improve. And then, you know, give God all that you are. Um, you know, it was just a couple weeks ago, we were talking about one thing that God does um, to, to help prepare us for the things that we're going to do. Do you remember that? There's a scripture verse. I think God uses it to equip us for every good work or something like that. Anybody remember what that scripture was or what that is that God gives us? I put it in your notes. You don't have to remember. Um, there's, a, there's a passage in 2 Timothy chapter 3 that says, All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what's true and make us realize what's wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong, teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. See, sometimes we think, okay, great, then, uh, so I'm going to do my best for God. And we think in that moment, I'm just going to do my best. I'm just going to push harder. I'm going to try harder. And it's like, wait, wait, God wants us to, like, he wants to prepare us. There's like a whole process of getting ready for that moment that God wants to do. And scripture is one of those things that God uses to help prepare us for those moments to be useful to him. Now, I'm not saying the Bible's going to make you a better guitar player necessarily, but, uh, but it's going to help you use your musical ability to his glory and have a positive impact on others. As you offer God all that you are, scripture is going to help you to be able to, it's going to shape, shape your imagination so that you're thinking of, of new and creative ways that you could be of service to God. And as God presents you with opportunities that maybe you didn't see coming, you're going to be ready for those opportunities because you've allowed God to, to shape your imagination to, and to mold your character through Scripture and through Christian community. The Apostle Paul is a great example of this, and, and he's got lots of good things to say about it. Um, uh, in fact, I think we're listening almost entirely to some of the things that the Apostle Paul said today. Uh, he wrote a whole bunch of our Bibles, so that's not surprising. In Colossians chapter 3, he says, Whatever you do, Work at it with all your heart, as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance for the Lord as a, as a reward, an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. This is in a passage where he's got some words to say to husbands and to wives and to parents and to kids and to masters and to servants, and he says to the servants or slaves, that is the term they used in scripture, although it was different than the chattel slavery we had here in the, in the United States, he's saying to people who sometimes we just translate this to like current day employees, but anyone who's working for anybody else, he's saying, look, do it with all that you've got. You're serving God, not just this human master or boss. So we, we, again, we love God with our whole heart, our whole strength, all that we are, because we know that this is going to honor God the way we live our lives. Paul used that language of slavery for himself in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. He says, even though I'm a free man with no master, I've become a slave to all people to bring many to Christ. And then he talks about the flexibility that he tried to uh, uh, practice in his life. He says, when I was with the Jews, I lived like a Jew to bring the Jews to Christ. And that was his own background. When I was with those who followed the Jewish law, I too lived under that law. Even though I'm not subject to the law, I did this so I could bring to Christ those who are under the law. When I'm with the Gentiles who don't follow the Jewish law, I too live apart from that law so I can bring them to Christ. I don't ignore the law of God. I obey the law of Christ. This Jew-Gentile thing was a major issue the church was working through in that day and that Paul was leading people through. So he's trying to help them see, look, if I'm, if I'm with people with a Jewish background, then I, I talk from that background and I, I follow the rules and the customs and all of that because I'm trying to win them to Christ. I'm trying to introduce them to Jesus, the Jewish Messiah, and I want them to get that. But if I'm with Gentiles, I don't, I don't start out with the big Old Testament lesson. I just I meet them where they are and I, I approach them where they are and I 
introduced them to Jesus, the, the Lord of all lords, the King of all kings, the, the, the one through whom all things were created. We have a great example of this in Acts chapter 17. Uh, he's um, in Athens, and he's talking to a group of philosophers. And as he begins his speech, he, he doesn't quote the Old Testament. He talks with them about their own poets and philosophers and their own religious experience. He meets them where they are. He stays flexible. He takes advantage of whatever opportunity God puts in front of him. Uh, he continues, he says, when I'm with those who are weak, I share their weakness, for I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I try to find common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. I do everything to spread the good news and share in its blessings. Just a, he, he models for us this openness, this flexibility, that even as he is doing his best, he's, he's ready for anything. Um, that's been, as, I've, as excellence and flexibility have been kind of floating around in my head and bumping into each other, I've been thinking about how, you know, preparation and all the practice and all the, like, again, the musicians were just doing such a great job. I can't help but, but think of this as an example. You know, these guys have played and practiced for hours and hours and hours and hours, hundreds, thousands of hours in their lives. And that means that if plans change, if suddenly it's like, oh, we're going to do a different song than we had planned. You know, that something didn't come together or whatever, an opportunity, you know, we can't use the sound system or we've got to do something different. They can be flexible because they are prepared well. And so they can play in a different venue or they can do, you know, all the different things that you guys have done with Blues Project and all those kinds of fun things um, because they are prepared well. You know, so Paul was one of these who was prepared well and whatever opportunity, whatever door God opened for him, he's like, okay, God, if that's the door you want me to go through, that's what I'll do. And that's, that's what I want to be. And that's what I want us to be as a church and as, as individuals. You know, we've, uh, we've all had to be incredibly flexible this year, right? I mean, there's, I don't think there's anybody that said, no, 2020 has gone pretty much the way I thought it would. You know, right? I mean, the new year was rolling over and you were making your plans for 2020. And I'm sure, you know, all of us thought, you know, I'm just going to spend a lot of time at home this year. I'm going to really... I'm going to focus on family. I'm going to spend a lot of time with them. You know, um, I'm going to avoid other people as much as possible. It, probably none of us really planned this. You know, so we've all had to be flexible and to respond to the opportunities that God has placed in front of us. And God continues to place opportunities in front of us. Um, let me use an example again from Paul's life. I put it here in your notes from Acts chapter 16. It's the chapter before he arrives in Athens and has that little bit that we talked about. It's, it's kind of a, if you've read the book of Acts, it, the second half of it's kind of like this travel journey. It's like a travel blog of, of one of Paul's companions, Luke, who's, who's just saying all the places they went and the things that they did. It says, next, Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Phrygia and Galatia because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia at that time. That's an interesting, weird thing. Like, they were headed to Asia. Like, that's kind of where Paul wanted to go, but it says the Holy Spirit prevented them from doing that. So they went a different route. Then coming to the borders of Mysia, they headed north for the province of Bithynia, but again, the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. I don't know what that looked like exactly. I don't know if there was like, you know, like a mime walking into an invisible wall or something, you know, like, I, we can't go that way. I don't know what's happening. Or if it was this, that, like they continue to have, you know, boat problems or, you know, camel problems or whatever they were using to travel. I don't, I don't know what the, the deal was. I don't know how it was that God was preventing them or if it was just that as they got up that morning, it's like, so we're going there, right? And like, oh, I want to, but I really just feel like God's saying no. Like, like, we shouldn't. I don't know what it is. I'm just kind of feeling sick to my stomach just thinking about going there. And so I think God is telling us not to go there. I don't know what that looked like. It doesn't say. It just says the Holy Spirit prevented them or the Spirit of Jesus didn't allow them. 
So instead, they went on through Mysia to the seaport of Troas. That night, Paul had a vision. A man from Macedonia in northern Greece was standing there pleading with him, come over to Macedonia and help us. So we decided to leave for Macedonia at once, having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. So here's Paul saying, I was going to go that way, but God, you're stopping me from going that way. And now God is, you, you've, you've called me this other direction. You've given me this dream. And I think, okay, well, I think God must be opening this door instead. So let me see. There's a man in Macedonia who needs our help, evidently. So let's respond to that. Let's, let's go. And so they do. We, uh, we boarded a boat at Troas, sailed straight across to the island of Samothrace, and the next day we landed at Neapolis. I'm saying all these place names as if we know where they are. I don't, even, I don't have any idea, all right? See, that's the thing. I thought about like, getting a map and showing where he was, but that's really not relevant. It doesn't matter where this is. What matters is that he wanted to go that way, and God wouldn't let him. God directed him this way. He's like, okay, I'll go that way. So from there, we reached Philippi, a major city of that district of Macedonia and a Roman colony, and we stayed there several days. So here they've landed now, finally, in this Macedonian area that some Macedonian man in a vision had called Paul saying, please come over and help us. Okay, I think God is calling us this way, so we're going to go this way instead. I already told everybody I was going that way, and I was planning to go that way, but God won't let me go that way. So, and now God seems to be calling me this way. Okay, I'll go this way, God. So on the Sabbath, we went a little way outside the city to a riverbank where we thought people would be meeting for prayer. That was kind of a normal thing in these communities. So he goes there, thinking they'll find people meeting for prayer. Maybe in the back of their heads thinking, maybe we'll recognize that. Maybe I'll recognize that man I had a vision of. Maybe I'll see him out here at the riverbank. We sat down to speak with some women who had gathered there. One of them was Lydia from Thyatira, a merchant of expensive purple cloth who worshipped God. As she listened to us, the Lord opened her heart, and she accepted what Paul was saying. She and her household were baptized, and she asked us to be her guests. If you agree that I'm a true believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my home. And she urged us until we agreed. So here he is being flexible again, right? So he's already changed, his, changed direction once. He's like, I was going to Asia, and I was trying to go over there, and now you get me, okay, there's a man in Macedonia needs my help. So I'm going to Macedonia, and who does he meet? A woman who's not even from Macedonia. She's from Thyatira. It's like another area. It's like someplace else. So, but that's the person that evidently God needed Paul there to meet. And uses her home then as a base of operations for what comes next. Are we willing to let God direct our steps in that way? Or do we get so bullheaded thinking like, no, no, I'm doing this. This is what I'm, this is what I'm planning to do. This is what I told everybody I was going to do. This is where I'm headed. And God keeps trying to close doors and trying to redirect. It's like, mm -mm, no, 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 I'm, I'm persistent. I'm, I'm not giving up. I'm going to go. Persistence is a good thing. All right. There are scriptures talking about persistence and not giving up and how important that is. But sometimes God is trying to redirect us. I know some of you have kind of balked at that over time at different, different moments. You said, but this was my plan. Like, well, I understand that. But maybe God is trying to direct you differently. And, you know, God didn't say to Paul, hey, there's a woman from Thyatira that you're going to meet in Philippi in Macedonia. He used whatever Paul needed to get Paul to go to Macedonia where he would then meet Lydia. Sometimes it's even like we even have this kind of message from God saying, but God, you told me to do this. Yeah, and you did that. You followed that next step, and now God is using that to prepare you for this opportunity that you didn't even know was coming your way. If you keep reading that chapter, uh, some of you already know what happens to Paul in Philippi. There's like kids' songs and stuff about it because Paul and Silas, they get arrested 
and they're in a jail, and, uh, and it's at midnight, and they're singing God's praises there. They're singing hymns in the jail, and God sends an earthquake, and like all the, somehow this earthquake miraculously jostles all the prison doors free, and the shackles that were around the wrist, their, their ankles and wrists and everything. So the, all the prisoners in the jail are set free, and the jailer comes in and thinks, oh, no, they've escaped, and now my Roman masters are going to kill me, and he's about to kill himself. And Paul's like, no, 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 we're all here. We're all here. Don't worry. You know, we didn't leave. We knew you'd be in trouble, so we stuck around. Okay, <laughs> he leads the jailer to Christ. He continues to have impact. I mean, he's responding to opportunities that he probably, I don't know, if God had said, hey, I want you to go to Philippi to meet this woman and then go to jail and you're going to be, you know, I don't know if he would have even done that. But he remains open to whatever opportunity God puts in front of him. He's ready. It's like he said, okay, God, whatever you need me to do, I'll do it. Wherever you need to send me, that's where I'll go. However you want to guide me, I'll follow you, I'll trust you. And we know from Christian history and from the pages of Scripture, God used the Apostle Paul in amazing ways that perhaps he never could have been used if he didn't stay open and flexible and ready for God to, to redirect his path. So I've got just some questions for reflection there. Am I open to God directing my steps? Or you could say redirecting my steps. You know what plans you've got. I don't. You know the goals that you've set. You know the things you're working toward. Are you open to God directing your steps? Or are you just stuck on your own plans and what you have in mind? You know, Jesus was a fantastic model for us. We get to talk about Jesus a little bit. You know? Jesus modeled for us in his prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane before he was arrested and crucified and all the rest. You remember the prayer that he prayed? He says, Father please don't make me go through this. You know, let this cup pass from me. Yet, not my will, but yours be done. And hopefully we can all be willing to pray that kind of prayer. Okay, God, you know what my plans are. You know what I want, but ultimately I want what you want. I want to follow your lead. I want you to direct my steps. I want you to be my good shepherd, God, who leads me. And if I have to go through a dark valley of the shadow of death, okay, I'll go through that dark valley because I'm trusting you to lead me well through that valley back into the green pastures, back to the quiet waters where my soul will be restored. I, actually, it's in that psalm. It says, lead me in paths of righteousness for your name's sake. That's exactly what we're talking about right here. God, lead me in the right paths, paths of righteousness, paths of justice for your name's sake. God, you lead me. Am I open to God directing or redirecting my steps? Am I open to God leading me into opportunities? Am I ready for God? Am I willing for God to use me, to present me with uh, some need that I might meet? Doesn't mean that every need is one that you need to meet. But am I open to God, you know, moving me where he needs me? We've talked numerous times here that when, when people cry out to God, when God sees the distress of people here in the world, when God responds to that, he does it by sending a person. He works through us. His grace flows through us in whatever way that, in whatever shape that takes. You know, we're, we all got a different role to play. We all have different gifts. We were talking about that earlier. God's grace flows through people. We see that time and time again in the pages of Scripture. Am I open to God directing my steps, getting me where I need to be so that his grace can flow through me into the life of someone else? Are my eyes open to the opportunities that God is presenting me with? Am I giving God my best? Am I letting God prepare and equip me? You know, preparation is not always fun. You know, 
practicing, practicing scales on a keyboard. I did a little bit of piano when I was a kid, but not the most fun, you know? I didn't do enough of it, so why apparently my parents let me quit. If I wasn't gonna practice in between, it was like, we're not paying this person to sit down with you, you know? <laughs> if you're not gonna practice. The, the practice part is not always the most fun, but it prepares you and makes, makes it possible for you to do something amazing you couldn't have done without it. Am I letting God, am I willing to let God prepare me, equip me, to put me through some difficulty so that I might grow in my trust of him? Am I loving God with all that I am? Am I loving my neighbor as myself? Am I letting God lead? Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Thank you, God, for the example of the Apostle Paul. Thank you for the example of Jesus. And and beyond that, God, thank you for the the presence of the Spirit of Christ in our lives today, guiding us, preparing us, equipping us, using the stories of Scripture, using our life experiences to prepare us for opportunities where you can let your grace flow through us, where we get to be used by the God of heaven and earth to have an impact on someone's life. It's amazing, God. Please, would you help us to be open to your leadership, to your grace, to the opportunities that you want to walk us into. Help us, God, not to stubbornly cling to our own plans when you are trying to redirect us. Help us to be open to the opportunities you place in front of us. God, we will give you thanks over and over again for your amazing grace that uses ordinary messed up people like us. Thank you, God, that when you saw us in the mess that we'd made of our lives, uh, as we had chosen our own way instead of choosing you, as we had, had walked down a path that, uh, well, it's like we sang earlier. <laughs> it was like we were just messed up, God. We were evil, full of sin. I mean, that was the line from the song. And if we took an honest look at ourselves, yeah, we were broken, God, messed up. Some of us find ourselves in that place today. We, we need you to, to, to heal us. We need your forgiveness. We need your grace. We need you to make us whole again, to make us alive again. Thank you, God, that out of love for us, you didn't condemn us or push us aside. You sent your son, Jesus Christ. You showed up, God, in Jesus Christ to teach us about your love, to, to model it for us, to demonstrate it. And ultimately, Jesus, by your death and resurrection, you broke the power of sin and death. You set us free. You've given us life, your life. So today, God, would you help us to trust you? For some, we might be trusting you in a big way today, giving you our whole life like we've never done before, saying yes to you. Yes, we want your forgiveness. Yes, we need your transforming love. We want to be embraced by you as your kids, adopted into your family. And we're experiencing new life and forgiveness today. For some of us, God, it's, we've been doing that. We've been trusting you for a long time, but we've not been so open to you directing our steps each and every day. God, today, we all together say we trust you and we will follow you. Lead us. Lead us well, we pray. Thank you, God, that today you have led us here to this time where we get to 
come together to the table of our Lord Jesus in the sacrament of Holy Communion. We offer to you these simple gifts of bread and juice, and we pray that by your Holy Spirit's presence here, we might meet our crucified and risen Savior in his body and in his blood, just as we offer you ourselves, God, and pray that your that by your Spirit's presence and work in our lives, that we might be transformed into the body of Christ, we might live in this world as your sons and daughters, as your hands and feet, letting your grace flow through us. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for sharing your life with us. Thank you, God, for sharing your love and your grace. We are so grateful. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you pray with me the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray? Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Uh, if you're with us here in the room, then you know on the tables or on the floor by your chair, there's a little cup that uh, after the song, we'll celebrate together. We'll, we'll peel back the little layers and get to the bread and the juice. If you're, if you're participating from home, we invite you to gather elements there, bread and juice, if you would like to celebrate with us. Uh, Amen. Yes. Thank you again, God for your leadership in our lives. Thank you again for the Psalms, like the 23rd Psalm, that, that reminds us of the way that you lead us. Help us, God. Help us to be led by your Holy Spirit. Thank you. Thank you for making this relationship with you possible through the gift of your son, Jesus. We remember together today that on the night that he was betrayed, he took bread, gave it to his disciples and said, this is my body broken for you. When you eat this, do it in remembrance of me. So if you've been, been able to get to that little bread there, you may take and eat bread. Likewise, after supper, he took the cup gave it to his disciples and said, this is my blood poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. That this seals the new agreement, the new covenant between God and humanity. When you drink this, remember me. So let's take and drink. Thank you again, Lord Jesus for your willingness to say, not my will, but yours be done. Would you fill us with your spirit so that we might live that same way here in the world so that you, Lord Jesus, might be evident in us so that we might walk, so that we might relate to others, so that we might speak, so that we might... Uh, live our lives online or in person, all the different ways we interact with people, God, that your grace might be what flows through us to the people around us as you lead us into opportunities to share love, to do good, to give you 
all that we are. Thank you, God. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen. Amen.